welcome to the Voice of Dr. Yan. I'm your host, Dr. Limeng Yan. In this episode, I'm so happy that we get a, a very great guest, Michael Yang. And、uh, most of you have already know his name. I know that because also in my previous episode, have I have mentioned his work、uh, in the Darien Gap、uh, along the southern borders、um, invest. Doing investigation in the very dangerous areas and report the illegal immigrants who enter U.S. every day and the potential risks、uh, from this illegal immigration. And also today,、uh, Michael Yang joined us not only to talk with our American audience because for my broadcast there are. A lot, a millions of Chinese audience, even based in China, they will listen to it or read the transcription, uh, transcribed, uh, in Chinese. So we are also going to let our Chinese audience be more familiar with Michael Yang because, uh, there are so many people when they heard that Michael Yang will come to my broadcast, they have. Uh, they are very exciting, and they give a lot of questions. So, before I、uh, invite Dr. Yang,、uh, Michael Yang to talk to us,、uh, I will briefly introduce Michael Yang to my audience. So, yesterday when I asked Michael Yang to send me a brief bio, Michael Yang wrote to me, "Michael Yang, author, analyst." And I said, "That's too simple. Could I get a little bit longer bio?" And so he said. Michael Yang, war correspondent, author, analyst, educator, hunter. <laughs> okay, now we know your full identity. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael Yang. <laughs> But definitely, I mean, I need to read a little bit more what I have did research online to let our audience know more about you. So Michael Yang is a very special person. He's a combat correspondent, author, photographer. He provides a Unfiltered record from the front lines of the world's most complex and chaotic global conflicts. Based on another bio, I found a Michael Yang is a former Green Beret. He's a native of Florida, Winter Haven, who has been reporting from Iraq and Afghanistan since December 2004. No other reporter has spent so much time with combat troops in these two two wars. Michael's dispatches from the front lines have earned him the reputation as a premier independent combat journalist of his generation. His work has been featured on Good Morning America, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, CNN, ABC, Fox, as well as hundreds of other major media outlets all around the world. Thank you, Michael, and welcome to the Voice of Dr. Yan. Thank you. Out of all places in the world, I'm actually in Sin City, Las Vegas, actually Nevada, right now. And、uh, I'm here for a conference, which has now ended. And but before this, I was down on the Texas-Mexico border, where we're being invaded, and uh, watching uh, child trafficking unfold. The United States government is deeply involved in child trafficking. The United States government does not hide what it's doing. It's actually putting children in a Walmart, super, former Walmart supercenter in Brownsville, Texas, among many others.、Uh, Flying these children out by commercial flights and charter flights all over the country, putting these children into homes 
which have not been vetted sometimes with people that are very suspicious. Tens of thousands of children at a minimum are disappearing. Nobody knows what happens to them. And, uh, and the government, it just hides everything. Every attempt that you make to look into this, the government uh, threatens and hides. And, and, but they, while they're interesting, while they're also threatening and hiding, they're also doing it in plain sight. So it is kind of weird world where they're, they're actually doing it in front of you. For instance, this morning, I had two uh, sources that are, were in the McAllen Airport, right? In the McAllen Airport in Texas literally videotaping children that are being trafficked today right in front of God and everybody and uh, being put on flights. And, and so, the, you know, it's happening in plain view. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when, when he asked, when the, my two sources there today are asking questions, someone called the police on them. And the police actually responded, started uh, hassling them uh, to, to a small extent, not to a large extent. And the police, right on video, I've seen the video about an hour ago, uh, this is not made public yet, but uh, uh, it will be soon uh, by uh, Anthony Rubin from Muckraker. Uh, the police actually start to talk about on the video, knowing that they're being videotaped, uh, that the children are being transported through McAllen Airport every day in small numbers and large, infants to teenagers. This is, again, it's a simultaneous process of doing this right in the open, right in everybody's face. From, for instance, from one facility is that former Walmart Supercenter, which is right downtown there in McAllen. It's not hidden. Not, I'm sorry, not McAllen, Brownsville, Texas, right? And then flying these kids out of Harlingen Airport in Texas and McAllen Airport in Texas and flying them to places like Orlando Airport, Jacksonville, Tampa, New York City, all over the place, right in front of everybody. Yesterday, or I guess two days ago now, um, uh, Ann Vandersteel, my friend, was getting on an airplane, maybe three days now. She was getting on an airplane from Las Vegas to Florida, and she made video of uh, some aliens coming in that were being put into first-class seats on the airplane, right in front of everybody, you know, and uh, with children and that sort of thing. One young child was uh, apparently afraid or something. I don't know what, but the child was screaming at the top of its lungs going on the airplane. Uh, so, And Ann, Ann Vandersteel got this on video. This stuff happens daily around the country. Children are being taken to addresses uh, for people. We don't even, nobody knows where these children are going. Maybe our government knows they have the addresses. We have a bunch of the addresses. We have thousands of the addresses. Uh, from a four-month period, of these addresses leaked out of just a single facility. So we have uh, information about 8,600 of the child deliveries in places like Orlando, Florida, Austin, Texas. Uh, uh, around Gainesville, Florida, Jacksonville, all over the place. So why is this happening? What's happening to the children? Uh, and where do they go after they turn 18? Now, some people bring up orphan harvesting and that sort of thing. I don't know. I simply don't know. But what we do know at this point is nothing is off the table. Nothing is outside the Overton window, so to speak. Nothing is off limits. We know that some of the children definitely are being sex trafficked. That's a done deal, right? And the, uh, but, you know, taking it the next step to ch uh, organ harvesting, we simply don't know. And, but where are they disappearing to? And where are these children coming from? Some of them are clearly coming across the border. Uh, two inside witnesses from Brownsville and some other facilities have, have said that uh, some of the children cry at night in the facilities. For instance, that former Walmart Supercenter 
We're not exactly sure who owns the property, not because it's difficult to find, but because we have been uh, going 24-7 on so many issues. But the Walmart Supercenter, former Walmart Supercenter in Brownsville, Texas, filled with children who barely see the light of day. These children are, are not allowed to leave. That makes them prisoners, right? Why are these children prisoners? Why are they being kept in there? Uh, where are they being taken? Where do they disappear to when they turn 18? Are they being put in the army? Are they being organ harvested? Are they working in fields somewhere or factories? We just don't know. Uh, for updating the latest uh, uh, discovery, the, the thing you have uh, investigated, and I hope that you continuously let us know what's going on on this. I mean, this sounds very horrific. If so many kids they are kept somewhere, and if this is illegal, or if there is something illegal, uh, I mean, related to that, even one kid get hurt, that is so sad and that is terrible. So we definitely hope to know the update about all this situation and we really care about the kids, care about their safety. And so, I mean, for this kind of big issue, we do hope more media can focus on it and also can cover it because as you mentioned, like 1,000 to 1,500 kids were held in the same place and then they were sent to different addresses very often. So what happened to them? Who are, who are these kids? Can they speak in English? Do they have family members? And uh, these kids come here and they will get protection and they will be sent to school uh, to continuously uh, complete their study in the United States and get a new life uh, away from their uh, previous, maybe miserable life. Or it's just the opposite. These are the, all the things I think our audience really care about. We want to know more about that. Thank you for updating this information to us. Well, some, and, uh, uh, doctor, some, go ahead, please. Please. Oh, some of the children, uh, two witnesses two that worked in these facilities told us that the children often are crying at night, at night, uh, crying to go back with their parents in their countries of origin, uh, countries like Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador. Uh, but I see a lot of Chinese children coming in, definite Chinese children. Mandarin speakers, uh, and I don't know where they're going. These do not seem to be going into the Brownsville facility, to my knowledge. I'm not saying that they're not, but to my knowledge, they are not. Um, it, it, they could be. I, I just do not know. But keep in mind, there's many facilities. That's just one of many. Um, most of the Chinese children that I see coming in appear to be coming in with their actual families, but I don't know if that's the truth. Uh, but the ones that I see, you know how a mother and a child interact in a special way together, or a father in, in his own child, right? But sometimes, and with the Chinese, it looks like they're with their own children, is the way it appears to me. But with some other uh, groups, sometimes it looks like it's their own children, and other times I'm like, that child does not belong with that parent. Sometimes I go out there with mothers with numerous children, I mean, Americans, and, and just, I just... I'm quiet and I'll, I'll listen to them. I don't even say a word. And, 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 and I don't even prompt them what I'm listening for them. You know, are they going to, are they going to say something to me about the interaction of the mother and the children? And very often these um, American women that I've taken out who are mothers, they'll comment 
mm, that woman's not the mother of that child. Uh, their body language isn't right. Look at the way she's um, moving the child by the shoulders instead of holding its hand. Look at the way when the child is the child's face, the way he's looking at the woman is not looking at the 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 woman the way it would look at its mother, right? Yeah, and I see that too. But you know, especially a mother can spot things very quickly. I think actually, if you go down there, you'll see what I mean. But the Chinese, you'll see a lot of Chinese come across come across the um, by the by. Well, they come all across the southern border. They come across Texas and New Mexico and, and Yuma and Arizona. They come across at California. And many of the Chinese are going into their own ecosystem. Some will go up to the Bronx and New York. Others go to Manhattan. Others go to California. They'll go to Florida. But the Chinese typically are not like the Haitians will come in just like a single actor, right? You know, a single Chinese, single uh, Haitian will come in and just kind of go off to where the other Haitians are. But Chinese tend to be more methodical. They know how to get there. They know uh, what hotels to stay in. And they already have phone numbers of people to link up with. And so they go into an actual ecosystem that's waiting for them. Some will be more high level and others will be going to work in a restaurant or working farm hands. We know that many Chinese actually are coming in to work on marijuana farms in places like Oklahoma and Oregon, because some, uh, some of the Chinese coming in are getting into the illicit drug trade. Others are doing other things coming in. You know, there's many different sub ecosystems as well, right? It's not like everybody coming in is a farm hand or everybody coming in is a, is a, is a physicist or a virologist either. Right. So it's, it's a whole, you know, there's, there's massive numbers of people coming in. And so there's massive numbers of, there's a big spread on the spectrum of capabilities and intentions. A lot of the Chinese coming in are clear intelligence sorts or military sorts. That's quite obvious. I mean, I'm down there all the time seeing it. Uh, some are probably just coming up as economic refugees uh, or whatever, but there are some, I feel like I'm at Fort Bragg or someplace like that. These are very serious people. Uh, they don't talk. They don't want to talk. They don't even want to make eye contact. They don't want anybody putting cameras on them, which is not normal for most of the aliens coming through. Most people don't care if you photograph or they'll give you a thumbs up or even want to talk, uh, but they don't usually hide. The ones who hide typically uh, are, you know, for instance, Venezuelans who hide will be tad tattooed head to toe, right? Your gangster sorts, right? Yes. Uh, but most of the Venezuelan, but most of the Venezuelans don't care. Right. But the, the ones who are not all tattooed up, they don't care. But the gangster types, they don't want their faces. A lot of the gangster type uh, Haitians, they don't want their uh, any uh, photography or they uh, or they even threaten people. And it's similar with Chinese. You remember Lu Shan Zhao. He was very threatening. Yes. Uh, he was a he was a clear sort of intelligence type. He even admitted to it. Uh, and he uh, he his English was perfect. His body language was nearly perfect. Uh, he had clearly been through extensive uh, intelligence training, and we found him c coming out of the Darien Gap, and he was talking a little bit too much that night. You know, some spies will talk. Uh, some people will say a true spy would never talk, but the people who say that know nothing about this line of work. They just know nothing, and they should just be quiet. You know, it would be like me coming up and giving you advice on virology. <laughs> they just, you know, I just can't do that. And, uh, and, uh, but but some some spies will actually tell you who they are, and occasionally. And for instance, in his case, he was very hungry. He was tired. We intercepted him coming out of the jungle late one night. He was itching. He was scratching all over his body. 
because he was covered with morongai. I think it was morongai. There's a type of bug that the Indians out there, the Imbara Indians call them morongai. I've been bitten by these bu bugs. I can feel it right now. <laughs> they're, wow. they're, they're, a, they're, they're not a fun bug. I don't actually feel it now, but I mean, I just remember uh, they, they just get, they get all over you. And at first sure. you don't feel it, but later you, later you really, really itch badly. And you'll have thousands of little bites on you that if you scratch them, they start bleeding. You know how it goes, right? And uh, so he came <laughs> out scratching, itching all over and his legs. And he kept, you know, bending down to scratch his ankles. And, and he was hungry and he was tired and he was an emotional. At, at nighttime, when somebody's alone, they will often talk. At nighttime, when they're alone and he became angry and then he was also hungry, uh, he was in a perfect state to talk and he just started bleeding information. So he talked for an hour and a half. He told a huge amount of his story, compromised a, lar a large part of his network. And, uh, and, and this, this, I mean, these things happen from time to time. Not every spy is a great spy. He clearly had been through a great deal of training. Uh, he knew a lot about American. He could do American body language almost perfectly. I think he would have fooled at least 99% of the Americans that he could, he could have fooled them that he had been in the United States for at least the last 20 years. But according to him, he had never stepped foot in the United States. And, and I believe him. I believe he probably never had been in the United States. I believe he, he more seemed like somebody who was very well trained uh, in, in the language, in the, in the cultural aspects, in the body language. Uh, as you know, I went to language school, military language school as well, but the language school I went to, Defense Language Institute, we were just learning how to speak the language. We weren't learning in some cultural aspects, but just enough to, to you know, so that you don't come in and basically insult everybody in the country by accident, you know, and make a fool out of yourself. Yeah. But Lushan Zhao, Zhao's training was not just enough to be polite. It was enough to blend in. I mean, if you talked with him on the phone and did not see his face or his body language, you would probably think he was an American, straight up American, right? There would be a few things that he would say I would catch, but I think 99% of the people would not catch. And uh, he was quite good. So in other words, he, he said that he bought a boat in Bahamas from a Scotsman for $5,000. He was heading to Florida and he said he ran out of gas and he said he was with his quote unquote father. And he was picked up by the U.S. Coast Guard, according to him. Now, checking with the U.S. Coast Guard, he was definitely picked up. So he got he did he did get picked up, and uh, and somehow he ended up back in the Bahamas, deported. And then he was they were deporting him to China. He said, and he was connecting in Cuba. And in Cuba, he changed his flight to Quito, Ecuador, which is where many of the Chinese go. They go to Quito, right? And then they get on a bus for two yeah. days, and they go to a place. They go to Nicocli, Colombia, which I've done this. I've gone to the Nicocli part. So in Nicocli, you get on a boat and ride for an hour, hour and a half. I've done this boat ride, about an hour and a half, I'd say. And you end up at Capargana, which is another place in Colombia. I've done this boat ride. And that's where he enters the Darien Gap, which I've done that as well. And then uh, I, didn't, I didn't cross the Darien Gap. I just entered on that side. And then you cross through the Darien Gap and you exit the Panama side. We caught him as he exited the Panama side, very tired, very hungry, itching, angry, and, you know, calmed him down. And he, and he talked and he talked about being from, uh, well, the, you know, uh, what he did and, uh, and going to trying to get to Florida. Now, if he had made it to Florida, 
All he had to do was come with that boat to the beach of Florida, run up off the beach, get into town, immediately change clothes, which he could have either brought with him uh, or just yeah. buy immediately in one of the stores. And then his he, he would have blended in immediately, right? He would have exactly. He, would have, all, he only he only needed he only needed to be in a bathroom for one minute to change clothes, come out, and he's a new man, right? That's all he needed to do. And there's hotels all over the place, in some of these places like Jupiter Beach, you just run in, boop, run back out, right? Or or have in you some cases some? you just get in there and and they have people that already have the hotel rooms, right? So so you're yeah. not necessarily just running up on the street going somewhere. You just have to get to a car that's waiting or or. Get inside of this hotel. Get into a room very quickly. Change clothes. You come out with a haircut. You're a new man. Who would know? His English is perfect. No, you know and you, you, met, you met him in March this year, right? And later, uh, remember, I have talked to you, share with you some things that some people talk online uh, around May. They predict that, oh, later the people, Chinese immigrants come through southern border will be reduced, but they will turn to go through the Florida from the sea, from Cuba, from Panama, and uh, Bahama. And then we do see this kind of report recently. They said more Chinese immigrants come through the sea to Florida to go into U.S. And we don't know how many of them already arrived Florida or, or how many percentage of them are not detected or found by U.S. government. But this really make me feel, mm, it's definitely not an individual case. That is more like someone try to say whether they can take the boat from Cuba or Bahama and go to the Florida and somehow Wu Shenzhou could be one of the leading person and maybe ran off uh, out of the fuel and get caught by the and deported by the National Guard. But later somehow they found out that that route really is available and then something new started. That's why we can see the recent report. Well, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, almost certainly is on at least part of his mission will always be reconnaissance. If you're an intelligence person and you're going somewhere, you're, part of your mission to get to that area will almost always be reconnaissance and report back, you know, the events along the journey in, right? To update your, you know, your headquarters on, on that route, right? Uh, for, for every reason. Uh, and sometimes it's just general information. They want to save it in case it's useful. But in this case, it's clear that it's more than that. I mean, the Chinese uh, Communist Party now has a large embassy in Bahamas, very large, right? And an increasingly large presence in the islands of the Caribbean, including Bahamas, right? It's clear that the Bahamas and Cuba uh, are, uh, you know, that China has big plans for those places. And Florida, obviously, uh, where I'm from is, I mean, there's a huge amount of beaches there. And there's only so much yes. that, you can, that you can stop. It's just a matter of time, doctor until and, and this is just a guess on my part but my paradigms have been fairly accurate and and let, let me talk about paradigms for a moment if at any time you feel surprised at somebody doing something or you know some government doing something and i don't mean surprised like by a snake or something you know that's a you know shock uh, but i mean a surprise insofar as um you know i can't believe that this government's leaving the borders open right so you're surprised by that if you're every time you feel surprised, stop and ask yourself, audit yourself and go, why am I surprised? 
If I'm surprised, that means they're doing something I did not expect from them. That means my paradigm of them is incorrect. I need to recalculate my paradigm, just like your GPS recalculates your route when you get lost. You know, when you, you take the wrong exit, you're calculating directions. Every time you're surprised, you need to stop. Why am I surprised? Recalculate paradigm, tweak it a little bit or tweak it a lot. And so that now your paradigm should be, should leave you with at least two situations. One is you're not surprised by anything and you're far more predictive than chance and you're far more pre- accurately predictive than the average person, right? In other words, yes. right when Biden was installed into office, I immediately flew to El Paso, Texas, because I thought in, under my paradigm, people would start to ru- rush the border, and they did. And then I went to Darien Gap, Panama, because wow. I thought if, if my paradigm was accurate, that the United States would start opening a route more. There's always been, there's been a route there for many years, but they would really start opening the route in a big way through the Darien Gap, and they have, right? Why was yes. I able to predict that? I was able to predict predict it because my paradigm is accurate. My paradigm is that the current U.S. government is completely captured or mostly captured, sufficiently captured. The critical mass is captured to destroy the United States. The current government's job mission is to destroy the United States. And that includes some of the state government uh, leaders, such as the so-called governor governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. I call him the World Economic Forum uh, Sector Chief for Texas. And but his his job title is is, uh, is uh, governor of Texas. He's clearly working on behalf of destroying Texas and the United States, leaving the borders open while pretending that he's closing them. Now he'll send busloads of people up to places like New York, and the New York governor complains, and the mayor of New York City complains, and blah blah blah. But the bottom line, is, and the people from Texas say, "Yay, he's giving them a taste of their medicine." But what is he really doing? Let's step back and go a little bit higher altitude with a satellite picture instead of in the emotional weeds, right? Let's get out of the emotional weeds, like, hey, we're happy, we're sending people to New York, to the blue state that wants this stuff. And now let's go orbital and be detached from it. What what, uh, Biden and and Abbott are doing are not fighting each other. They're, They're both meat puppets. They're both meat on strings that both work for the same parties, right? And so they look like they're fighting each other, but Abbott is actually taking busloads of people and sending them deeper into our bloodstream. He's sending them away from the border and into the into our extremities and into our heart, right? He's not he's clearing the decks for more to come in. That's what it looks like from an orbital view, right? So I'm constantly going orbital view, intermediate views, and I'm down the grass, right down on the borders, in the camps. I'm in Colombia, Panama, Morocco, Lithuania, Greece, Netherlands, and China. Yeah. Well, they're not going to let me back in China. Uh, you know, <laughs> Japan. I'm constantly in these places. I was just over in, in in Armenia, and I was just over in the country of Georgia, next to Russia. I'm constantly looking at the edges. I'm constantly downrange. A lot of people look at the Border Patrol, U.S. Border Patrol, as a an A1 source. To me, they are a source. They're an important source. But they're only one source, and they only know the eggshell, right? They know the eggshell. The border is the eggshell. Most of the border patrol I speak with are serious people, patriotic people, I think. But they are just doing their job, sir. They do continue to load them up on the buses, right? You know? Yeah. The World War II, the Nuremberg trials, you know, hey, I was just following orders. They're just following orders, loading up these people, letting them in the borders, loading them up on buses. 
processing them through the camps and, and getting them into the interior of the United States. They are still acting on behalf of the World Economic Forum and the Chinese Communist Party. They're just doing their jobs and they're working for the enemies, right? So the bottom line is, even though they're patriotic, they're like a gear in a, in a clock. Their, their job is to be a gear and turn the teeth to the right, maybe, you know, and that which turns the other yes. to the left, which turns the other. And then Big Ben does this thing and, you know, and bing, bing, bing. So, but their job is to be a little gear. Don't ask questions why, just turn to the right. And that's what they're doing. The organizational structure dictates outcome. And right now the organizational structure is captured and it's clearly destroying the United States and all, a lot of patriotic people just doing their job, sir. Instead of actually, uh, you know, uh, blocking the buses that are coming into the interior or just letting the air out of the tires. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm not going to yes. let these people in. I'm going to block. I'm going to block the bus or I'm just not going to show up to work. You know what I mean? Uh, they're not doing it. They're, they are invading. They are part of the invasion army. They're part of the logistics train. Our Border Patrol is part of the logistics train. When I ask Border Patrol, which I do constantly, uh, about the Darien Gap as an example, maybe 5% of Border Patrol know about it. I'm sure many Border Patrol will watch this or people who are no Border Patrol people will watch it and then ask Border Patrol, have you heard of the Darien Gap? Maybe one yes. out of 20 have heard of the Darien Gap, if that. And if they have, mostly they've only heard of it. Uh, and uh, maybe 1% will actually know anything about it. And most of those of those 1% who know about it, they know me because they know my yes. name because they've been following my work, right? So that, that's the, the, the so what I'm getting to is they don't even realize how all this is happening. They just know their eggshell, the eggshell of the border. Inside of the egg, they're not really paying attention. They're just making all their money at Border Patrol or whatever agency they're working for. And then they're going to their children's baseball game, which is great. This is what they should be doing. You know, and help their kids get through it. Well, that's what you should be doing in life. You should be doing your job and then getting your children through school and helping them with, you know, sports and those sorts of things and teaching them about the world. That's what you should be doing. But right now we're in a state of war. And now you need to know what's going on or you're going to die. And I mean really exactly. die. I don't mean like you're just, I don't mean you're just, you're just going to lose your job. I mean, you're going to be dead in a hole or in an incinerator. That's clearly what's coming. Right. It's coming for a lot of people uh, and from a lot of different cultures. As you know, many of the Chinese that are in the United States will also be targeted by the Chinese Communist Party. And it's not just the Chinese Communist Party. It's also Hezbollah and all these other people that are coming in from different ecosystems. For instance, many Hezbollah are from, are, grew up in places like uh, uh, Venezuela. They speak Spanish completely fluently, natively. They speak Spanish natively and their body yes. language is native. And they, and they grew up in Venezuela. And they're Hezbollah, and they're going to be hunting down Jews in the United States, right? These things are coming. They are here. So you've got all these different ecosystems of people that are coming in, unvetted. Uh, many are never detected at all. Some are coming up on Florida beaches, or they're coming up the northern routes through Canada. Uh, they're going into Alaska. They're going into Hawaii. They're going all over the place, right? And so, and, 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 the, and, and the same, I, I spend a lot of time in Europe. The same is happening in Europe. The same is happening in Armenia and Georgia and many other places that are even further outside of the eggshell. So it, it, it's uh, big days are coming ahead, including massive food shortages. I'm Thank sorry, you doctor. so much, just, Florida. You put me on play. If you put me on play, <laughs> I'll just keep on playing. 
Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I mean, this is great. I mean, share a lot of your insights and also your investigation because you have. I mean, you have been trained as Green Barrel, and also you are the best, the war uh, correspondent in the United States. So definitely, your opinions is very special and also very valuable for the public and for the professional people to make the decision. So I really appreciate you provide so much information. Information、uh, through my broadcast, and this is so helpful. And I do agree with you. This is some very important issue, and people has to fully pay attention to that. And I mean, a lot of things we need to solve, we need to prevent, we need to stop as soon as possible because it directly related to the national security, the homeland security, and our people's security. And so now we will have a short break, and we will come back continuously talk about your story and let people know more about you. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because, as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive fifteen percent discount by using the code. Out loud. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being. Above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line, it's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code. Out loud for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. 
HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Change in the world, one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the voice of Dr. Ye. And as you may already listen to the uh, previous section, we talked with Michael Young, the American's uh, briefest war correspondent, the former Green Barrel, and also he is an author. He's very vocal to uh, telling people what he has seen through his investigation. He went to the most dangerous areas in the world, including the during the war in Afghanistan and Iraq, and also he went to Dara Gap, he went to the border for so many times, he talked to people there, and he really see the situation there, he provides the knowledge from the front line to everyone to understand the things most of the most journalists won't tell you because there are very few people so capable to survive and also communicate well in such dangerous areas. They need to be very brave. They need to know the very, have the very great skills for communication. They need to know how to protect themselves. They need to be very vigilant and sensitive and also have their own uh, critical thinking. I mean, these are all the things very special and we really value it. And Michael, yeah, so now uh, actually I, I talk to you, my broadcast is not only talk to American audience, we also have a lot of millions of Chinese audience. They will uh, see the Chinese transcript, uh, transcript later and to understand what we uh, I want to tell people. So. They are really interested in your story because you are legend. You have been through so many dangerous places. You have a lot of very interesting uh, experience in your life. And uh, for example, we have seen that uh, according to the introduction online, you were previously for a while being the security staff for the for Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson, actually, for Chinese people, is very, very special because he, for Chinese people, I can tell you, his song and his stories are kind of forbidden. He previously, well, during the 19th, early 1990s, uh, China, at that time, uh, there were some people tried to invite Michael Young to Beijing for a, a music concerto, but Somehow, at the last st uh, step, the CCP government denied it because they are worried about Michael Jackson is on behalf of American culture, American spirit. So that will make Chinese people know too much about real American spirit and also the like democracy, freedom, all these kind of values. So that's why later on, uh, Michael Jackson is highly discredited and also uh, 
kind of suppressed in China. However, among Chinese people, there he has huge amount of fans, and they want to know more about him. So, do you think it's available for you to share a little bit since you spent with Michael Young at that time in his Netherlands ranch? And what, for example, what kind of most impressive things you have with him? And we also know he has very high standard for people work with him. So why you can uh, get this uh, work with him, get this chance to stay with him, to know about him. Can you share a little bit with our audience? Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm surprised. I guess that must be uh, published about me having worked for Michael Jackson. Actually, I had left the army. I was not in special forces anymore. And I was in, uh, you know, I was in uh, school. Uh, actually studying, I wanted to become a physicist. And so I was studying my mathematics uh, quite a lot. Uh, someone, actually, uh, someone actually offered me a job and they would not tell me what the job was other than they thought that I would be interested. And I said, well, you know, I'm, you know but the person who offered the job was a serious person. So I, I thought, well, you know, uh, I'll, I'll at least look, but why, why won't you tell me what the job is? You know, I'm not going to do anything illegal. And uh, so he said, no, no, it's nothing like that. It's, it's just, it's, it's something that has to be kept under wraps. So he took me out to Neverland and I said, oh, Michael Jackson. I'm like the, <laughs> one of the only Green Berets that actually liked Michael Jackson, you know. And, uh, and, uh, and as I was growing up, I liked his music. You know? And so I said, oh, yeah, well, what, what does the job, what, you know, what does the job consist of? So basically just make sure nobody breaks into Neverland. So I said, basically, I can do my mathematics homework and get paid to make sure nobody hurts Michael Jackson or Neverland, right? He's like, that's it. So, so, so I took the job. And actually, it was an interesting job. I learned a lot of mathematics. And, and I learned that Michael Jackson has a, has a lot of stalkers. A lot of people were really kind of crazy for Michael. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I felt sorry for the guy, actually. I know he was super wealthy and that sort of thing, but he, I mean, he couldn't really have any friends. Can you imagine a life where you can't really have any friends? Like, you know, I have well, friends well, that I grew up with that I, I mean, one of my closest friends is somebody, we were born in the same hospital three days apart. We're still friends and very close friends. And so I have a lot of friends from childhood that I knew from uh, kindergarten and high school and, and then later in the army, we're still friends. I get messages from them all the time, or I just call them up to say, "Hey, I'm in crazy Las Vegas now. You got to see this crazy place." <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, but Michael Jackson could never really have friends like that because you know every, every, he's like an object to people. He must have been very lonely, actually. And you know, lonely loneliness is uh, is one of the ultimate pains, right? And it, he yes. must have gone through his life just just feeling, uh, you know, I just. Yeah, I, I might be the only person in the world that felt sorry for Michael Jackson, but I was just there at Never, Neverland, and I thought, man, he he can never have a close friend without being suspicious. So anyway, he's gone now. I, I've often wondered what happened with him, with the children. That's in everybody's mind. And also, but also, you know, we see the world that we live in. Accusations do fly around for every reason in the world. I have no idea. I know one thing. I've never trusted the press. And I'm not going to start trusting them. And, you know, there's something called the, uh, the um, oh, good Lord. What's the name of the physicist's name? Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. But there's, there's, there's a psychological term. The one physicist, 
made up. Oh, good Lord. Why? I, anyway, the, the term describes the tendency of people. He noticed it in himself. When he would read about physics in newspapers and that sort of thing, and they would always mess it up, right? And, he, so, uh-huh. and then he would turn the page to read about uh, global events or international affairs, and he would just completely believe it. Then he noticed in himself, he's like, wait a minute, they always get it wrong in physics. So why would I believe him when it comes to anything else? Like, you know, uh, uh, international affairs, you know, and foreign, foreign affairs and that sort of thing. So, so basically, that's what a lot of us tend to do. We want every time that the media talks about something that we truly know about, they tend to get it way wrong. But then you turn the yes. page and you just believe it, right? Yes. Who, who, who knows the name of that effect? Is it? Is it uh, good, good Lord. Anyway, uh, it, but but the bottom line is same with Michael Jackson. So I thought at that time, um, maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but I'm not believing the media. That's for sure. Thank you for sharing with us about the, uh, your stories with Michael Jackson. And now, you know, we are going to talk. We want to let our people know more about your experience as the best, the bravest war correspondent in the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Because you mm-hmm. have seen so many things, you know so much as what you have seen in the Darien Gap and Southern Border. Now, mm-hmm. you have your very special knowledge in through the war. And here is one photo we have. Uh, we will also post it on the article later to show to our audience. So this photo is actually well known and it is taken by you. It is about one U.S. soldier holds a girl that was hurt during the attack by a suicide bomber. In this photo taken by you during your time, uh, you were an embedded journalist. And uh, unfortunately, this girl finally didn't survive. So you have reported so many things, deliver this precise moment to the audience uh, from the front lines. I mean, unfortunately, when, as Chinese people, I mean, when we are in China, we are not allowed to receive such information. And uh, you may heard or maybe not, in China, Iraq and Afghanistan war are used to be very important propaganda contents to uh, to be anti-Americanism. So that is, you, uh, uh, China government will use these uh, wars to be the examples to describe yeah. America's hegemony uh, and. Also, they will say this is if you Chinese want to get the democracy, human rights, and freedom, this will be your future as the Iraq people or as the uh, Afghanistan people. And end this war, and the Americans will kill you and they will torture you. I mean, this is totally different as we see from the photo you try to deliver to us. This is what we see: the human humanity. We see the love from American soldier. He said about the hurt girl, and we know that you feel sad about this girl who got injured and finally dead in that area. So, could you share more about your? insights from the wars and what is it different from CCP's propaganda and so can you let our Chinese people know more about this um, your unique opinions uh, during the battle res- correspondent yeah I took that photo in May of 2005 in Mosul Iraq 
a suicide bomber hit one of the vehicles in a in a unit that I was with, and you know uh, there were children all around the vehicles. Uh, you know the the bomber could have waited just a couple of blocks and hit our guys there, but he did it when there was children around because that's how they roll. You know, just like the people that hand out the death jabs, you know, also put it into the children. But he could have waited, you know, to just wait, wait just a, one kilometer away or even two blocks away and the children wouldn't have been hurt. But Farah is the name of the girl that Mark Beer, the name of the American soldier was Major Mark Beer. Uh, her name was Farah. She actually died that morning. And then a, another young boy beside her also died. And then some others were injured. And it blew out the windows and started some fires all over the place. And uh, like normal suicide bombers, you know, they want to go to they want to go to heaven. And so they don't care who they kill to get there. Right. Just like the people in these cults, uh, the death jab cults and the masking cults, they don't care who they hurt to get to their version of heaven. They don't care if the children get hurt by these fake vaccines. They don't care because they're in a cult mentality. Right. And so, uh, and so that's what we, we, we've had time and time again and throughout time. We're, we're going to see it more now as the, these borders are wide open, which is going to lead to massive warfare within the streets of the United States. But for some people in, in, in pursuit of whatever their holy grail is of, of wokeness, uh, it's okay with them. The bottom line is I saw many days like this in Iraq and Afghanistan and other conflicts, Thailand. Um, so many. And um, and Hong Kong, luckily, I didn't see deaths in Hong Kong. There were a few, but I wasn't present for those. I saw a lot of injuries that the communist police uh, put upon the good students of Hong Kong who were resisting the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, and, you know, communism is a cult. It always has been a cult uh, since it was since it was in, you know, inspired by the cult leaders, um, Marx, Lenin and so many others. So there's been a lot of communist cult leaders over time, and 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 now, and yeah, and now you know it spread from spread into Stalin and over to Mao, and you know nobody has killed more Chinese than 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 communists, uh, communists exactly. especially communist Chinese like Mao, and they they like to blame Japan, but in reality, um, it's not Japan that's been China's biggest enemy. It's been communist, right? Straight up, communist. yes, and. Um, yeah. And they also blame Americans. They blame everything for American. I mean, from, from the COVID-19, from the Iraq war and from Afghanistan war, from uh, Tiananmen Square yeah. and from all the things they blame Americans. So people like you, uh, as a very brief uh, correspondent recording these things from the front line, that's why it's so important because if Chinese people can get the chance to know the real since definitely they have to gather information from people like you. And yeah. then at that time, CCP's all these lies, all this propaganda can be immediately, I mean, re refuted. But that's, I mean, of course, China won't allow people to have this opportunity and that's what we are fighting for. So uh, here we have, and before we end off the, uh, we, because time flies so quickly, and before we finish this broadcast, uh, we do have one more question to you. Because for Chinese people, we we are not we know that in China we are not allowed to have the journalists like you in the I mean 
not on behalf of the government to go to the front line right. to report the things. And Chinese journalists who stay in the Iraq war or Afghanistan war, they are the loyal CCP members. So when they go there, what they report, they do have their political uh, direction. They, they have to show that all these things connect to anti-Americanism, pro-CCP, pro-communism, this kind of ideology. So our people, our Chinese audience wonder whether you can go there as a war correspondent uh, on behalf of yourself or uh, not independent, but maybe work with a civilian group, or you also have to be a part of the like the government, federal agency to go to do this kind of report. And do they censor your uh, content? Thank you. Uh, you know, they, they would cause me many problems. The United States did. At times, they were very helpful when I was writing things that they liked. And, and then when I would write something they didn't like, they became very uh, you know, aggressive. So often when I was writing things that they did like, it was coincidental, right? You know, they happened <laughs> to be writing the truth. That, I mean, we were winning in certain areas at certain times, and I would be saying that truthfully, uh, or I would be saying truthfully how professional most of the soldiers were. Most of our soldiers are quite professional, actually, and, and, and they actually made me proud as an American in most instances, with some sharp departures from that. But, but otherwise, the vast majority of the U.S. troops, the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines and the Army, Coast Guard, I was never actually out with Coast Guard, but I was out with the Navy and the Army and the Marines quite a bit in the Air Force. And they're very, very professional, and and they actually did make me proud. And I would write that, and so that made you know the military like me. But I was just telling the truth, you know. And uh, but then when soldiers did things that would make people uh, ashamed or not proud, I would publish those things as well. And that made some of the actually a, a lot of the military liked it. They're like, "Wow, you're actually saying stuff that we want to say, but you know, we there's no way we can say it. But thank you for saying it." Thank you so much for sharing so much information and insights. And the, our episode, uh, I mean, this episode uh, is not that long enough to tell your stories, but definitely I hope you can return to my broadcast in the future and continuously share us with your experience and your knowledge. And could you let us people know how could they find you or if they want to support your work, what should they do? Uh, I can be found on Truth Social at Michael Yan 1776 or on uh, Twitter, Michael underscore Yon, Y-O-N, Yankee Oscar November is my last name, Y-O-N, Michael Yon, or on Locals.com, Locals.com, I uh, post there and Substack as well, on Substack. Thank you very much. And if they want to support your work, what can they do? Yeah, actually, I've been reader supported since 2005. That's how I avoid, that's why I can say so many wild things that people know to be true, but they feel unsafe saying them because they might be fired from their newspaper or from their whatever they do working for an airlines. Uh, but so I've been reader supported, like for instance, PayPal, Venmo, uh, just different methods, uh, gifts and go, uh, so many different methods. Some people send Bitcoin. So I've been reader supported usually by small donations, like five, ten dollars, sometimes a hundred dollars. And those are extremely helpful because they do add up. And occasionally somebody will give a 500 or a thousand dollars, which is, particularly helpful, especially in these few very expensive hotels I'm in. Occasionally I have to get an expensive hotel because of the location. Other times I'm out sleeping in the jungle. <laughs> My life is strange. It ranges from five-star hotels to sleeping in a hammock uh, with a mosquito net, you know? <laughs> so, <it's> <laughs> 
Thank you. We will put the links uh, in the article in the broadcast later when we publish it. And thank you so much for coming to the Voice of Dr. Yan. And the Voice of Dr. Yan will be uh, on air every Saturday and Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Network, Radio Network, or iHeartRadio. And after that, you can listen to it from the various apps for free, like uh, Spotify, Pandora, Google uh, Broadcast, and also I will always uh, attach one article after the living uh, live streaming to summarize the things we will talk in this broadcast.